Blog Talk Radio. On Wednesday's Mama Levitt Show, we're back after a long Memorial Day weekend. We're going to answer more student questions, and we'll go over today's journal topic related to refugee, talk about the rest of the Constitution and any other work for this week. We'll wrap it up with an idiom and a dad joke or two. Today's Mama Levitt Show is brought to you by Bob's Bomb Shelters. Whether for nuclear holocaust or a simple pandemic quarantine, Bob's has the best fallout shelters for you. Visit Bob's on the corner of Apocalypse and Now. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And how do you guys like our new theme song? I, I got like some it. New audio, <laughs> I got some new audio for today. I, I figured like it's the Mom Lovett show. It's like, I like that it. was the, it's the only song that I could come up, I could find that has like Mama as the lyrics without being um, inappropriate, I guess is the right <laughs> word. <laughs> So good morning, everyone. Welcome to yeah. Season 1, Episode 27 of the Mama Levitt Show with everyone else. It's Wednesday. It's May 27th. It's Week 11, School Day 47, Overall Day 76 of Coronacation. And a reminder, you, you can subscribe to the Mama Levitt Show on iTunes or Spotify. Miss Mara, good morning. You just got here in time to hear our new theme song. How are you today? I'm so ex- I'm good. Thank you for putting that song on there. I like it. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's I a lot more. Thank you for it first. Yeah, there's a lot more mama on there, but so a lot of them are just not like appropriate for like school related things. So I, um, and Mama Levitt is joining us as well. Good morning, Mama Levitt. Good morning. How's everyone? Good. I, I got like some. This one too. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I got some new audio. Yeah, I got the new audio for today. So I got the. Not only do I have the new uh, the new theme song. I got a new birthday song, so we'll start off today. We got a, we got two birthdays to shout out. One shout out to my brother Justin McGowan, thirty nine years old today, and then Ooh, also shout birthday. out happy birthday to my brother Justin. And then shout out to we have Maria Maria R. Maria R. turns fourteen today. Nice, happy birthday. My sister's birthday too. Oh, happy birthday, sister! Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to Maria R., 14 years old today, and to my brother Justin, and what's your sister's name? Molly, right? Molly. Yeah. Happy birthday to Molly. Who yeah. knew that our siblings Happy had birthday, the same Molly. birthday? Who knew our siblings yeah. had the same birthday? <laughs> Molly, 29, 29 years old again. And <laughs> She wishes. All right, so <laughs> we're in week 11, guys. We're in the home stretch of school after... Now, whenever we come back from Memorial Day weekend, this last few weeks is is like the big push to kind of, and it's usually like the busiest, one of the busiest times of the year with we're getting together awards and grades and finishing up projects and all that mm. stuff. So let's get right into assignments for this week. So Mama Levitt, do you want to quickly go over your civic stuff? All right. So in civics this week, we are going to be finishing up the Constitution. We're going to do the last four articles, articles four through seven. Um, I know it seems like a lot, but it's really not compared 
substantively to Article 1, which um, is pretty much half the Constitution. So Article 4 is really going over the relationships of the states, how the states have each other um, in respect the citizens um, get the privileges of the different laws. Like So like if I drive in from Massachusetts and I'm driving to see my brother in Virginia, all the states I drive through um, respect the fact that I have a driver's license. I don't need an individual driver's license for each individual state in order to drive. Um, we're going to talk about um, the amendment process. How do you amend the um, Constitution, add new things to it, take things out, fix things um, to the Constitution as needed. Um, so there's a process that's very similar to how a bill becomes a law. And then we will go through, um, let's see, Article 6 just is basically going through, um, we have the supremacy clause in there. Um, which is saying the Constitution is the highest um, law of the land and that all law in the United States, all states, all local law must follow it. Um, talks about how people who work in the gov you know, government appointed positions and government employees like police officers take um, swear to um, like an oath basically to uphold the Constitution and support what the Constitution believes in. And then of course the ratification process, how do we make this new government active um, and get the states to accept it. So um, we're going to learn a little bit about that. There'll be some review on the anti-federalists and federalists because we, we kind of went over the Constitutional Convention prior to starting um, going through the government before. So you'll see some review stuff, but that's good. You should know it. Next year's American history. For those of you who have been keeping up with your civics work, you're going to know your government at least when you're going through the American history and they're going through things. So it'll make your life a lot easier understanding um, next year's subject. So Levin, same hey. stuff, notes um, to fill out, videos to watch. Watch the slide presentation. I teach during the slide presentation. I'm explaining everything to you. Um, also, there'll be um, an exit ticket and an article with questions. Yes, Mr. McGowan. I was thinking about when you were saying about how the states have to respect everyone's laws. You mentioned driver's licenses. I thought of another yeah. thing, too. If a, if a state re revokes your driver's license or your right to drive, um, other states have to respect that, too. Fun fact. Um, yeah. I once lost my driver's license in the state of North Carolina um, I, because for a failure to pay a speeding ticket. And so my, <laughs> my, 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 my right to drive in North Carolina was revoked, and um, it would have been eventually revoked. I would have lost my, my license in Massachusetts. So I had to actually go to North Carolina. I had to go to the State Department of Motor Vehicles in, in Raleigh and pay my ticket in person and like sign the thing or whatever. And then to get my, my, my right to drive back. So when I was mm -hmm. driving down there, I was driving with Jen. And when we got to the state line, we had to pull over and she had to take over and she had to drive because <laughs> I did not have a, a license to operate a motor vehicle in North Carolina. So it's like states have to respect each other's, each other's laws when they differ from each other. Yep. Um, Mr. Jaffe, good morning. Oh, good morning, everybody. How's everybody's Good morning, weekend? Mr. Chaffee. Good. 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 Yeah, we're just going over uh, going over this week's work. Do you want to talk about some of your stuff, Mr. Jaffe? So we're doing a little tech, but basically this week it's a little bit of, it's a lot of vocab and about universal systems model, which I explain on a video and using uh, Google Slides. And then I have uh, engineering design process, eight steps. And there is an article about technology from Steve Jobs' perspective, starting with starting in a garage. And look what happened to Apple Computer from a garage, which is now a National Historic Site, by the way, in California. Oh, um, really? So he, it is, yes. It's not national. That's so cool. But it's, a, it's, a, it's a California nationalist. But it will probably become a National Historic Site one of these days, a garage where Apple computers started. And it uh, it's about how they started. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. McGowan. No, was What's it that? Steve Jobs' garage or the other guy, um, Steve Wozniak? It was his, Steve Jobs' parents' garage. Steve Jobs' parents' garage. Wow, even a, even a better story. And they were, they, were, they were called tinkerers, and they tinkered around with a computer. The guy with um, the real uh, electronic chops was the Steve, uh, uh, Wozniak. 
and he kind of uh, built the thing. But uh, Jobs had an, an amazing uh, talent for business, and um, so together they, they started uh, Apple. And it might be, I think, Google passed them. I think it was the, the most profitable company in the world, but I think now it might be Google. But anyway, they did pretty good from the garage. And well, I, um, know, I know both of them own my life. So Apple and Google combined. Own <laughs> right, but you don't mind. Yeah, I'm, I remember, Mr. If I may quote you, Mr. McGowan, you've turned your life over to Google, and you don't even mind it. I don't even mind because, but because I consider myself like I'm a digital immigrant, Mr. Jaffe. You know, you know how much I love That's that what phrase. They say. You know, I'm a digital immigrant. You know, I, I, I'm an old man. I don't know anything about technology. You know, I don't make TikToks, anything like that. Um, I remember life before – I remember analog life. You know, I grew up before analog life. So I don't mind turning my life over. I don't don't mind turning my life over to Google because I have, like, that foundation of analog analog existence before. So I I don't mind. It's the kids that I worry about because they don't know any other way. You know, they don't know any other method of of existence. Um, Yeah, so – So there's a – yeah, Steve Jobs, um, the, another chapter on the video, the H2O water, uh, the molecule that made us. Uh, again, some vocab on a hyperdoc. It's easy this week. And a technology jog nog. I'm going to put up a quiz. What's today? Wednesday? Tomorrow, there'll be a quiz. There'll be Friday Kahoot. And the big event today is a, uh, a launch of, a, of an American rocket with American astronauts going to the space shuttle. Uh, I'm sorry, the space station uh, tomorrow, but they're launching today at 4.30. It'll be all over the place, so it'll be easy to find. That's very mm. exciting. The first time since 2011, Americans yeah, are launching a couple astronauts into space. Very I remember exciting. when I was a kid, the, the space shuttle was a, was a big deal. Our kids don't know it they didn't exist, right? I mean, I remember like what I remember where I was when the Challenger explosion and all that yeah, um in in your childhood jaffe you you must have great memories of like the apollo i do mission. remember all those guys john glenn's and the alan shepherds it, like, it was huge and yeah, i remember like, the moon landing it was huge. yeah my dad yeah, talks about right, that yeah. dad, like, they, like they knew all the names of all the astronauts they were like they were celebrities yeah, um so moon look if you got yeah, the right moon. stuff yeah not moon launch nasa launch 4 30 p.m today um, on Wednesday. Yeah, check it out. Um, It'll be everywhere. Miss Nado's class. If you're an A block, you've got a chapter ten quiz on big ideas math. You got a few cahoots there: exponent rules, square and square roots, and cube roots. If you're in B, C, and D block, a lot of it is exponents and product of powers. So check your email from me from yesterday. Your parents should have a copy. You should have a copy. I try to put it all in like an easy to read spreadsheet. So I just, you can just print it out and just see what you have to do for each class. Um, Miss Mary, you and I for ELA are in full refugee mode. Um, now what, uh, yep. what, yeah. What chapters are you doing this week? Yeah. So this week is chapter 16 through 24. Yesterday, if, if you came on the zoom, we read 16, 17 and 18 and then everything, including those chapters is posted uh, with audio and read along online. And then there's three quick quizzes that are posted for comprehension, as well as a longer um, question and answer for chapters 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. And that's for ELA. And then today at 1130, I'm going to actually read that Steve Jobs article, um, Mr. Jaffe, with any of my kids that want to come on, because I thought it was really good. Oh, thank you. That's and want, awesome. And I want to make sure that they, um, that they read it. So we can read it together and discuss it Thank together. you so much. Yeah, no, uh, I loved Gowan, it. I was reading I'll, it and I thought it was so interesting. Do you, are you, you're going to read it live, right? You're not going to do a, like a reading app. Well, I think I might um, record as I read so that in case any kids oh, okay. that cool. miss it, I can just post it. But, yeah, it's going to be a live, like a live session so they can ask questions and stuff. Awesome. Okay. After we, uh, today, uh, can you tell me what, what app you're using to record? You can just let me know during the day. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy to go with you later. It's, 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 been, um, it's been great. Yes, it, thank it's, you very much. It's been very helpful, for, especially for, for the book. I mean, I've, I've recorded over 300 pages on <laughs> screen of yeah. Yeah, Amazing. Um, so, Ms. Mary, you have 1130 today for Science Help? Yes. 
and yes. tomorrow, 1230 for civics help. Yes, um, correct. Miss May Doe has, she's available at one o'clock today for periods B, C, and D. If anyone has the one o'clock on Wednesday, um, Mama Levitt and I will be available tomorrow at one o'clock, mostly for periods C and D, but really for anybody who has, if you have any issues on ELA or civics, or you just want to pop in and say hi, we would love to see people. Um, and then Kahoot Friday, Mr. Jaffe, time, I kind of like the new Friday Kahoot. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, news uh, 12 o'clock. Like, sure. Um, that would be fine. Yeah. I'm kind of like getting it done a little bit early so we can get it. So right, I, I feel like nice we're getting an early start on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> we get in there. Right. Friday afternoon. Right. Um, and I, I'm going to try to do a Zoom today yeah. at 2. Okay. Right okay. before the launch, we'll get uh, anybody wants to, as Mr. McGowan said, show up, pop in, and, uh, and go over anything. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll be hanging around at 2 o'clock on Zoom. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And Mr. Jaffe will post that link, and Ms. Mara has all her links. Um, for ELA, I want you to obviously listen to the podcast Wednesday and Friday. Only two, sh- only two shows this week. Um, you had a journal topic, which was on for yesterday, and we'll go over today's in a little bit. It, in a little bit, we've got a lot of questions for podcast discussion. Um, and then mostly it's refugee. We're in chapters 37 to 45. So you have nine chapters. That's three sections of reading for this week. There's a vocab review. Um, all the audio is posted up to and including chapter 45. Uh, there's a 15-question quiz. There's a literary analysis, and then we'll go over an idiom. So period A and B, you can use today's podcast for the idiom, and period C and D, you can use Friday's podcast as long as it's all in by Friday. And our Zoom meeting, Mrs. Lovett and I will do Thursday at 1 o'clock for period C and D. Let's do talk about let's, – let's, maybe we'll talk about today's journal entry first. Um, so it's going to go back to um, chapter 14. And the theme is the U.S. And I thought this was appropriate because we just came off Memorial Day weekend, a very you know, patriotic holiday where we're, you know, we're celebrating um, the you know, people, men and women that have died in service of our country. And let me just play the audio. This, so the prompt says, Isabel's boatmates. So this is, this is an Isabel-focused journal. Isabel's boatmates discuss all the things they're looking forward to in the U.S. So we'll play a little audio. This might be a familiar voice. What do you think the States will be like? Isabel's mother asked everyone. Isabel had to stop and think about that. What would the United States be like? She hadn't had much time to even imagine it. Shelves full of food at the store, Senora Castillo said. Being able to travel anywhere we want, anytime we want, said Amara. I want to be able to choose who I vote for, Louise said. I want to play baseball for the New York Yankees, Yvonne said. I want you to go to college first, his mother told him. I want to watch American television, Yvonne said. The Simpsons. I'm going to open my own law office, Senora Castillo said. Isabel listened as everyone listed more and more things they were looking forward to in the States. Clothes, food, sports, movies, travel, school, opportunity. It all sounded so wonderful. But when it came down to it, all Isabel really wanted was a place where she and her family could be together and happy. What do you think El Norte will be like, Poppy? Isabel asked. Her father looked surprised at the question. No more ministry of telling people what to think or else, he said. No more getting thrown in jail for disagreeing with the government. But what do you want to do when you get there, Senor Castillo asked. He hesitated while everyone stared at him, his eyes searching Castro's face in the bottom of the boat as though there were answers hidden there. Be free, Poppy said finally. All right, that's chapter 14 of Refugee, talking about when they're just with their um, kind of brainstorming some of the things they want for the U.S. or how they see it. So the question for the journal is, what are the things you appreciate the most about living in the United States? about living here. Mama Lovey, you want to start us off with that one? What's, what, what do you appreciate the most about America? Um, so it's funny. I, I, I was listening to it, and I had kind of read what you posted for us to read. Um, I, I appreciate all of it. Like, I don't think people realize um, what, what we have here in America. And I, I'm hoping now during coronavirus, um, you know, lockdowns and stuff that we've had and, you know, like, like how precious that gift of being able to move freely is. 
um, to go places when you want to go places and not worry about it. Like, like I, I felt like I was breaking the law when I was going to see my brother in Virginia this year. You know? <laughs> so yet I'm like, and I wasn't though, but I felt like I was um, yeah. because all these signs said, if you come into our state, you have to quarantine yourself for 14 days. I'm like, um, it takes me about eight minutes to drive through Delaware. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's like going through New Hampshire and the Maine. <laughs> exactly. It was just really weird. And it was like, um, you know, like I, you know, and appreciating like having things on your grocery shelves. Um, you know, most of our lives we've gone into the store and you have a choice. We, you know, like I read somewhere once, or I was reading an article recently, a guy goes, we have too many choices in America. And I was like, what? You know, like that we can pick different um, brands off the shelves that we like. And um, it was funny because you're reading the book on Is It a Refugee with Cuba? And Conan O'Brien has a show where he goes, does shows in different countries. And one of the shows he went to Cuba and he went into um, a store and he got yelled at and told his cameras to get out while he's there. But before they did said anything, he goes, look, the shelves are filled with the same exact product. <laughs> and they were, it was like the same soda, you know, up and down all the shelf. Like it was like the same exact product. It was amazing. Um, so it's like, I think those are little things that people don't appreciate that we have. And I appreciate it. And that, that 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 ability to move and have opportunity like i'm not stuck i i can think i'm stuck in a position of life but i'm really not unless i want to be it just depends mm-hmm. how much risk i'm willing to take I'm not a, i'm not a big mm-hmm. risk taker obviously <laughs> you know what? I, was, I was thinking about that the shelves full of food at the store because it's like during during some of the quarantine period, how jarring it was to see stores that were not full. Because that's just something that we don't really have in America. You know, we had it's something that we kind of take for granted um, yeah. sometimes. That's something that that you're that for me, especially like you you go to like Stop and Shop or Market Basket and whatever, and you'd see like, oh, we don't have any we don't have any milk today. You know, like whoa, that that doesn't happen. And then it's and Isabel talks about like in Cuba, like the three biggest failures of the Cuban revolution were breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. Miss Mara, things you appreciate the most about, about the U S. Um, well, I agree with what Mrs. Levitt said about just having there be supplies, um, having come out of Corona and like, or not come out of it, but like be able to experience the shelves being empty. But one thing that um, right now is kind of, I guess, causing me anxiety, but also making me thankful for the same time is like, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you guys don't realize how lucky you are to have an education because a lot of kids in other parts of the world, like give up everything just to be able to go to school, even if it means walking miles or all of their life savings. And it's like, you can't, and I know what I'm saying it. Like I, I'm not getting through them because the only way to understand is like go through it. But right now is like, scary because the kids aren't you know as much as we're trying and doing our best like they're not getting access to what they could be getting so for me it's like just being able to have that opportunity to go to school is something that I do appreciate um and I hope we get it back yeah I mean to go to school and also to you know be involved in like activities like basketball or baseball softball or whatever those kind of I mean I was thinking about in, in Joseph's story about how like the only opportunity for the German kids was to join the Hitler youth, you know, and that was, your, and that's your mm-hmm. social, that's your social life outside of school. Um, Mr. Jaffe, what about you? What's your, um, what's your thoughts about living in the U S. So this Mara, Miss uh, Levitt, I always steal my thunder, but it, just to say what, uh, <laughs> back what uh, Ms. Levitt, Sorry, it, Ms. Levitt said, it, it is opportunity and you know, you can start, you can be like a couple kids in a garage and start an Apple computer, or you you know you could be a couple kids with a couple lawnmowers and start a landscaping business and really succeed, you know, with hard work and patience. And I I don't think that happens in other countries as easily as it can happen here. I mean, people can come here with nothing, and they you know, there, there was a there was a, there was a gentleman uh, called uh, Thomas Flatley. He came and he was he had nothing. 
and he came and bought some real estate and fixed it up, and he became this like multi-millionaire developer, and you know owns buildings everywhere. This never, and he said it never, it can never, couldn't happen in his native Ireland. Couldn't happen anywhere. It just happens. Mm. Those things can only happen in the USA. I agree. So, it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned the, the native Ireland. I think of you know entire like groups of people can can flourish here. I think back to like, you know, my own ancestors, 1840s, 50s coming over from Ireland in the potato famine, you know, the starving country, Um, no jobs in America, they weren't allowed, nothing discriminated against, not allowed to, and then for the last hundred years, the Irish have run Boston pretty much, except for like, you know, Menino, um, (laughs) the the 25 years of the Italian guy that, that ran. But this is in the, the the Irish through like you know through banding together and, and hard work and a little bit of corruption here and there, you know and some and mm-hmm. some bootlegging and some other. <laughs> but you do what you got to do to survive. Yeah, I, I I like what you said, Miss Mara, about about education because I think that's one thing that our kids absolutely take for granted. And that I take for granted. I took I took for granted is the ability to have an education and to go to school. I was struck by reading Refugee in, in Mahmoud's chapters how they were still going to school in Aleppo, but it was not the same. It was like the building was 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 almost destroyed, and it was. And then I was reading like after like after Mahmoud's family left in I mean about in 2015, like in the past couple of years, there's nothing left in Aleppo. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, there's no infrastructure. There's no. I mean, anyone that's left there, like they're not going to school. They don't have. And that that was one of like the most westernized, the most right. affluent cities in Syria. I mean, you you read you hear about like Syrian refugees and all that. We don't think of that like Mahmoud's family. Like they had an iPhone. The mom was a nurse. The yeah. dad worked for a tech company. You know, they were like a middle class family. You know, and they yeah, had there they were had restaurants. Money. There was you know cult like so yeah. much just like culture, art, things like that. It was a cosmopolitan yeah. city, and a lot of the Middle East has like embraced a lot of American culture, which is which has caused some cultural tensions over there. Right. Um, and it's it's been the issue in, in you know you know America has a very complicated relationship with those Middle Eastern countries and all that. So journal entry for for Wednesday. Um, think about it as so. Think about what Isabel and her boatmates talked about. Is you know what are the things you appreciate most about living in the U.S., especially if you've lived somewhere else. I know a lot. Some of our students have lived other places. You know what do they appreciate about being here? Um, and then maybe part two of that is: Do you think that Americans take those things for granted? And maybe which which of those things that that we that we um, appreciate or the things that we experience every day? Which one of those things? do we maybe take for granted in America? So that's Wednesday's journal entry. I've, had some, I've read some great journals last week, some really interesting ones about pranks. Trinity sent me some, some, uh, some links to some great pranks that we shared on the Zoom yesterday. I have to send them to you, Ms. Mara, at some point, with involving like bees, like live bees, and then involving just like mm-hmm. guys, um, guys with umbrellas. Just very funny, like that <laughs> sort of like Asian, like, comic sensibility all right quick commercial break from bob's bomb shelters we'll come back we'll do student questions and the idiom this is an apex studio presentation Trump in the White House, at least for the next few months. There hasn't been this much interest in building your own nuclear fallout shelter since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. Rest assured, Bob's Bomb Shelters is here to cash in on your fear and paranoia. And in this case, we believe your fear and paranoia are totally justified. Yeah, I know, we aren't even joking this time. It's scary. Bob's Bomb Shelters. When the nuclear oops, happens, where else would you rather be than trapped underground in a cramped steel and concrete box with all your family? Bob's Bomb Shelters. On the corner of Apocalypse and Now.
All right, back to the Mama Love Show. Thanks to our sponsor, Bob Bomb Shelters. I bet they're doing good business. Oh, another thing I appreciate about America is that we can. I think where was the what was the line? Let me let me see if I read it right. When um, they say that when the father says, "No more ministry of telling people what to think or else." No more getting thrown in jail for disagreeing from the with with the government. Yeah, so you can make a in America you can make a a, a sound clip uh, mocking um, Donald Trump, and I can play it, and I don't have to worry about going to prison for it. Right. Which is not the police aren't going to come not, knocking on your door. They're not, at least not yet. Um, which is not true in Cuba in 1994. You weren't allowed to say things about Castro. You weren't allowed to criticize Bashir al-Assad. You weren't allowed to criticize the Fuhrer in Nazi Germany. Right. Now, of those course. things that, you know, that's, that's a cornerstone of American democracy is dissent. Um, student questions. Justin D. as always has one. And Ms. Mara, as our resident mystic, maybe you can start us off with this one. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I've pigeonholed everyone into their roles. Mara, Mara is mystic. Levitt is, 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 the, is the libertarian. Jaffe is the scientist. And I'm just. That's, I'm, that's, I'm, it. that's I'm, it. That's all we are. That's all you are. That's pretty. That's I, all we are. Nothing more. And you're just like, you, you oversee it all, Mr. McGowan. You're like the. the I'm, the, great, yeah, I'm, the, the I'm the grandmaster. I'm the game master. I'm the one who's. I, I put all the pieces together and. and Dance, my minions, dance. You know. There you go. The puppet master. Uh, I'm the puppet master. Justin Dew says, um, "Do you think the events of 2020 is the universe trying to tell us something?" <laughs> what do you think oh. about that, Miss Mara? I don't know. I think about this a lot. I, I don't think it's as simple as that, but I do think that. I'm all about like every opportunity is something that you can learn from and like you should try to learn from it. And to me, there's so much that can be learned from this. And I think that myself included, you know, I'm not trying to say like I'm above this, but I think that people are rushing a little too quickly to get back to normal where I don't think that we should go back to what we had completely. I think we need to think about like what needs to be different moving forward, um, like what, what kind of change can we make for the better? Cause clearly this has brought out a lot of things that maybe are not working. Um, and so I don't know about the universe trying to tell us something or anything like that, but I am all about like, what lessons can we, can we learn from this? And I'm a little bit nervous about that. We're not like getting the lesson. Hmm. It hasn't been long enough. Mama love it. Your thoughts. <laughs> Um, the universe has been telling us something for a very, very long time. Um, yeah. But um, we're not picking I up what they're throwing down. What? I said we're not picking up what the universe is throwing down. Um, no, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of things that can, um, you know, be changed. Um, I have different things about the whole coronavirus, how I believe in them. I, I'm very much the virus. There's viruses. There's going to be viruses afterwards. Um, I very much think that um, we're living in states of fear over a virus. Yes, you can get extremely sick from it, but as some of our students know, um, you don't all die from it. Um, and that it's not the plague, it's not Ebola where you're melting from the inside out. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of, we're shaping our lives and allowing ourselves. I mean, you keep talking about refugee and freedom and, and things in America and all to me are all being stripped away. So, you know, my version of the universe telling me something is, um, is it's, yeah, it's telling you something you're, you know, like we are, it's time for, you know, like, I think there's just too much um, dependency to me on people trying to meet the need for someone else to take care of us. And um, I think that, you know, you're going to, you sacrifice one thing for another. So that's kind of my thought. Hmm, Interesting. Mr. Jaffe, what do you think? Is this the universe trying to tell us something? No, I don't think so, Justin. I just, I think it was, it was a virus (laughs) that got out of hand in China. They didn't, uh, they didn't use proper containment procedures. Uh, It's a bad government Chinese communists are repressive. They don't. They lie. They don't tell us the truth, and it just snowballed, which means it, uh, something 
sort of small, just got out of, way out of hand. It should never have happened. On the Chinese end, it did end up. It shows that you know, we weren't prepared. We didn't have enough equipment. And that's the lesson to be learned. We need to make sure for the next pandemic, I hopefully there won't be one, you know, we have enough gloves, masks, and ventilators stocked all over the country. But I don't think it's the end. Viruses are part of the universe, and it's just something that got out of hand that shouldn't have probably, but now we're left, up, we're left to clean it all up. If I could follow up on that, Mr. Jaffe, Josh had a question that said, do you, do you think another pandemic will happen again in the future? I mean, obviously, we've had, yeah. we've had the Black Death, the plague, and the Spanish flu, and Hong Kong. Right, there were, and, right Hong Kong. Yeah. There were two horrible regular flu, influenza. A, I was reading 1958, 1967, there were yeah. a spike in uh, – I'm sure they know, you know, what, what the genetic component of the, those viruses were. Yeah, but they, these viruses will happen. Um, you know, upwards of fifty thousand people have died from the regular influenza A flu. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. And Mr. Jaffe, wasn't it on those two flus too? When I read those articles, they said that there was over a hundred thousand deaths. It was just as contagious, but they yes, chose not absolutely. to close. They chose not to close things down. People went to Woodstock. Uh, uh, I mean, it was like, right, and then was, it passed. They it had passed mentioned that. There, there was Woodstock that year, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, these things happen. And, uh, and, yeah, we didn't shut down. I didn't even know about it, to be honest with you. And I was yeah. around in 1967. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm not sure why. I don't know why we're shutting down as tightly as we have. I have my uh, theories, I, I, Mr. Jaffe. I have my theories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I think the, I think we have to re, uh, you know, readdress how we care for our elderly people. Yeah. Miss Levitt's probably concerned. I certainly am concerned too with mm-hmm. the son and the. And I and I, Mr. Jaffe, I've been concerned about that long before this, about the way well, we treat our our elderly. Right. Did you see? I mean, you firsthand knowledge of what these places look like. My son is in a very, very good, uh, a really great place, and there's been no uh, virus there. We can't see him. We can see him through a window. Yeah. Uh, they don't let anybody in and out. They just let staff in and out, and we have to have temperature checks, and the staff gets temperature checks. But um, other places uh, for elderly people are apparently are well, horrific Jackson, and are not doing a I'm good gonna, job. I'm going to say this. When they did send people out, like in, like, my grandmother's home where it did run rampantly through back into the hospital. They sent them back saying, you have to deal with all COVID patients. You have to keep them in the home. Unbelievable. I don't know. It's unbelievable. Like like that policy of that. How do you contain something when you're, you're sending them back after they've been in a hospital into an emergency room around a bunch of people and then sending them back in. So you cannot do that. It's just, it's, it's stupidity. I don't know who makes these decisions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are, those are some things. I I just want to go back to what Miss Mara said about maybe maybe the only universe telling us something is maybe this is just a reminder that there are some things we need to rethink about our society. I 100% agree about how we look at our elders and right. you know like like my my grandfather like all my grandparents were were in homes like that at at one point. Um, and like within, hopefully not soon, but my parents will be there eventually. Although my dad told me, um, when we were visiting my <laughs> grandmother, we were, yeah, we were visiting my grandmother a few years ago. She was in this place called Madonna Manor, which ironically, after my grandmother died, my grandfather moved into the same room that she was in, but they, they got, they were divorced like 45 years before. Um, That's <laughs> ironic. Same, isn't, isn't that ironic? Um, yeah. And I remember my dad going to me, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago. And so he goes like, right, if I ever end up in a place like this, just pull the plug or just like, <laughs> just like do the plug. Cause I don't want to. I, I knew you, that's your, I, I knew your father would say something like that. That's my, that's my dad. I mean, was like, I don't want this. I don't want to be as, and I could see, I could see it with my grandfather. My grandfather was miserable, like being my there. Because he, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And my my grandfather, like he worked into his eighties. You know, and he was always, mm-hmm. he was out and about in Boston. He he knew everybody. He, he like, loved to go down. Like, he worked at the hotel that was now the Revere Hotel. It was the Radisson. He, like, he knew this person and that person, and That's people awesome. knew him. And 
he was always he had like his social groups and his guys that he played cards with and then he was he would when he couldn't do that anymore when he had parkinson's disease it just devastated him and he could and my other grandfather like he was a huge he was a voracious reader you know he wasn't like a he wasn't um he wasn't like traditionally like formally educated but he was like he was a reader and he read everything and he was well known he was well read and and just up on, on everything and when his eyes went and he couldn't read anymore he was lost he was like his life was, mm. yeah so it's, it's yeah. one of the things we think about like, end of life end of life care you know how to Grammy how to said, give people dignity Grammy always said that when you go to, when they put you in the nursing home that's where you go to wait to die and she never yep. wanted to go. But unfortunately, my grandmother needed memory care. Like she was losing her, you know, dementia and couldn't care for herself anymore. So like there's, there's not many options. So um, <sighs> it's, but it's, yeah. Wait to, before and, you go um, to wait before you die. You go to the new world. It's like a step, like, what do they call those places? Like a waiting room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a transi- room. it's like a transition room. You go, you transition to your next phase of existence in the universe, which Personally, I think you just gone forever, but that's whatever. Miss um, Marriage, something you said about back to normal, about people like transitioning. I was driving to the Gateway yeah. Center a couple of days ago, and in traffic in Everett was back to pre-pandemic levels, and like the Broadway was just backed up all the way, and the Circle was oh. all backed up. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like this is like people are people are like rushing and desperate to get back to this. Like <laughs> people want to mm-hmm. get back to like. And like get back I to like did, the rat. Thing. I know. And I get that. I get that life has to go on, and and we have to we have to live our lives. But I think we have to also think twice about you know what what are we like do, about the whole you know this is the mental health and those kind of things about what our lives should what they should look like. You know, there's no there's mm-hmm. no law that like your life has to look a certain way. You can yeah. make it look whatever you want it to look. I want to. Well, I just think move, that move. it's important. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, it stinks. Obviously, there's so many reasons why it stinks, but like I've tried to use this time to at least, okay, I'm going to be stuck in my house. I might as well like think about what I need to work on for myself or like work through any like emotional problems. And it's like, I just wonder how many people have actually used that opportunity rather than just tunnel, tunnel vision focus on when can I get back to what I, what my life was before. So I'm just hoping that like, at least a chunk of people use this time, you know, productively. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's nice when you were going mm-hmm. for a walk and you didn't have all the cars going by you. I mean, there are things that I like liked about the. Me that. too. Like there, there, there will be things that I'll I'll miss about quarantine. You know, like as much as I complain about having like having my kids on top of me twenty four seven, I'm also going to miss that time too someday. You know, and we'll look back on it, and yes, I'm not sure. Twenty years from yeah. now, I wonder what we'll look back. Let's move on to one of Zeta's questions. Zeta always comes up with some really interesting questions, and they're usually based upon something that she read or saw somewhere. Zeta says, "I read that cars know secrets about you, and that they could get hacked. Do you think that our vehicles could be the next vulnerability that's exploited?" Wow, oh. what a great question! Who wants to who wants to tackle yeah. this one first about cars? and our vulnerabilities. I mean, I've this, I mean, our phones definitely in our cars. I mean, there have been things where people getting tracked down by like their location services and like mm-hmm. their GPS right. and people have used that not only to get out of uh, as an alibi for crimes, but also they've been busted for certain crimes um, and things like, you know, what? crossing over poles and on the math pike. And like they were, you know, yeah, what do you think? Miss Levitt? I, I, I think that, the more when we give technology is awesome. It does like great things. I love like my smartphone. I love the fact that if I, you know, like when I started running, I can see like how my time and how fast I'm going and the paces you're doing and all I, and it's in an app, but in order for the app to do those great things for me, I have allowed it to have access to things in my phone. Right. You, and so like, and it's, and our phones are connected to satellites and Mr. Jaffe will probably speak more about this, but they're connected to satellites. And the same thing is kind of happening to the cars. Um, the cars are now connected to satellites. 
and the smarter they are. It's your TV, your laptop, anything that you can do voice commands on or you have videos on or you, you, you go into the Internet, they're starting to be, have access where, like, you know, when you turn these apps on, the permissions are using things like your microphone and your videos and going through your files, um, your contact list. And we don't even know it. Like, you have to, like, really look at all your permissions. You'd be surprised, like, why does it need my contact list? Why does it need to go into my files? Um, Just love it. Can so, I interrupt real quick? Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the computer science teachers at EHS has his kids do, like, a digital footprint exercise where mm-hmm. they look into, like, how many websites or how many apps they have accounts for. And, like, mm-hmm. the average, I think he said, for, was, like, 34 so um, that's like that's amazing. Yeah, they have yeah. like have and I look at like I have a document somewhere that where I have like all my passwords saved. Although I have like a little code so that like if you if you if if you found it you wouldn't exactly know what my passwords were. But I have like a code for it. But it reminds me what they are. Um, but I have I have the, just the fact that I have to have a document like that that shows all the different accounts that I have all the different things I have accounts for and different passwords and usernames and how much of that is being like just broadcast everywhere. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I think too, like, in like, so like, I do think I've read that, like the more they have access, like we have those smart systems in the car that your car breaks, like my car braked one day. It almost caused an, to me an accident because like I didn't need to break. It just censored something. Um, so like, and, and, some of these cars are remote control backing into their spaces. So, um, yeah, I, I do think things can get hacked and taken, you know, all of it can at some point. Like, I mean, we've heard of our government, um, which is, I think they're very secure, but, you know, they're supposed to be the most secure in the world. I mean, people have hacked into all kinds of things. I think one time I read years ago, a 16-year-old boy hacked into some big company or something like that just to prove that he could do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminds me of reminds me of of uh, Car- Marvin Carlos would do in of his classroom or if it was common that and I go in the back and he's not doing the assignment he's breaking into the HTML trying to like change the code of, just, just for fun you know just to giggle uh, yeah uh, what do you think Mister Jackson like about him? yeah so about, like, Jada, I, I know that um, a commercial vehicles and a commercial vehicle is like a truck. Uh, a bus, uh, even a rental car. If you're driving a rental car and you're go, you're in an accident. Uh, the rental company will know exactly wh- where you were when you had the accident, what the speed limit on the road was, and how fast you were going. And if you're going above the speed limit and you were in some kind of accident, even if it wasn't your fault, they're gonna come and say it, it was your fault because you were, you know, speeding, even if it was only a little bit over the speed limit. So cars are sending in for commercial vehicles today are sending information back to uh, these hubs and they're looking at the, and they're getting that data. Uh, your your uh, passenger, your, your family car has the ability to do that too, but I think you can turn it off and on if. Uh, well, there's if all these you, things uh, like, if you want to. You know, like OnStar and there's all these other companies and services that. Right, right. Well, when you get your car inspected, it's plugged into a computer, and the computer is letting the per the service person at the uh, at the garage know what kind of emissions are coming out of your car, and what's uh, what's about to break or what's not about to break. So the computers are pretty powerful in your cars right now. And some are mm-hmm. even sending information back and forth. Yeah. Ms. Mary, you have any thoughts on vehicle hacking? I don't know. I, I just generally think with technology, like I don't necessarily think anyone's consciously trying to like get into our private lives, but I think that people are just coming up with this technology at a rate that might, uh, what am I, how am I trying to say this? It's like they don't realize the consequences of the of what they could be coming up with, like the negative consequences until it's like overpowering us. I think about like the mm-hmm. artificial intelligence a lot and like how scary mm-hmm. that mm. that scares me. <laughs> like those robots that oh. they make, I'm like freaked out by them. It's funny because like so, literature, we need to be careful. talking about this for 70 years, even longer probably. Yeah. You know, the plot of any science fiction 
well, not any, but like the plot of most science fiction involves unintended consequences of technology or you no know, logical consequences of things. And yeah, so you never know. So to me, it's just, just be aware. You know, like, for example, like the, I, I Googled like RV the other day because we're thinking about, you know, what am I do for road trip this year? Maybe we can do an RV and do something like that. And so all of a sudden now I'm getting every single ad I'm getting is for RVs. Yeah. And, and I'm always wondering. I hate that. Sometimes I'll come across these ads on social media or Google, and I'll be like, now, why the heck am I getting this? <laughs> why am I getting this ad? It's an algorithm. <laughs> they know. What's this, yeah, what does Mark Zuckerberg know about me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. I sent you one. I had, um, I had, like, the green hat. that It was a, it was at the Shamrock. The, yeah. This one, and I'm like, how does Facebook know exactly the kind of hat that I would buy? <laughs> you, know, like, you, know what's, you know what's weird, too, is like, and I think this is all because of Google, but, and it's connected to Facebook. I'll be on my laptop with Eden looking up something on Amazon or on a website, like, say, like a slime that she likes. And then I'll go on my Facebook, and there'll be an ad for that exact slime on my Facebook. So it's like on my phone. Like, so it's not obviously yeah. like it doesn't matter that it's a different uh, device, but like, it's all well, just so all connected. Things, I, I just throw my hands up and say, forget it. You know everything about me. What? I'll see, I'll <laughs> things, no, I'll, exactly. Like, I'll, I'll see things in my Chromebook. I'll go into, like, my recent files. It'll be something I looked up on my phone, and I'm, it's, like, it's all connected. And so it's all in, ends up being just – and to me, like, I'm okay with that as long as you as a person understand that people might be trying to exploit you. And they might be like I went to earlier, like the, that's one advantage that, that the, us digital immigrants have is that we lived, we, we grew up in a world where we weren't entirely dependent upon these things. Let's, let's bang out some, uh, some quick questions because we're, we're running low on time here. There's some great questions here that I want to get to about changing yourself, about is there anything you wish you could teach but can't? That may be one maybe for Friday. Kesta wanted to know, when we get to high school, will there be teachers there to help us if we get lost? And the answer is absolutely not. Every teacher at Everett High School is a demon. Um, they, are all, they want you to. They want you to fail. They laugh at freshmen that get lost, and they will. And they'll be all the all the upperclassmen will be shoving, all the upperclassmen will be shoving you into lockers, and they'll be holding you upside down and flushing your head in splits. No, people it, will help you, Kesa. Yeah, not. I mean, I don't know how they'll do it this year. If they do it anything like they've done in the past, the first day of school is basically just the ninth grade. It's just freshmen, and they have a quick assembly. Then they send people to their homerooms, and they have like you know an hour and a half in homerooms to like do lockers. And your homeroom teacher will help you practice your locker combination. And not only the teachers, but they also there'll be older students around, student ambassadors. And these are kids who have applied to be um, in this club and they don't take everybody. You have to be like nominated or you have to be accepted into the club. And their whole thing is to help the younger students get acclimated to high school. So yeah, they'll, they'll take care of you there. Um, don't be afraid. I just, I laugh. Although one thing there, there is no pool on the sixth floor at Everett high school. That's something that's like a long running joke. They say it's near the pool on the sixth floor. There's no sixth floor. There's no pool. Um, just know that there will be teachers there to help you. There'll be plenty of students there. Don't, don't worry. You'll get used to it. They'll be a little bit forgiving, especially because you guys have been six months out of school. Um, Gio wants to know, would wearing a hazmat suit be considered fashion? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I say yes. And Gio, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening. If you're listening, show up on your, on our next zoom meeting, wearing a hazmat suit. Please, I would love to do that. <laughs> sure, it's ninety that. degrees out, <laughs> right? right? Um, Gabriel, Gabriel wants to know: After June twelfth, will we stop doing Google Classroom and celebrate summer vacation? Oh yeah, we're gonna celebrate June nineteenth. Celebrate the time. Yeah, um, June nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, June nineteenth is the is the technical last day of school. So we'll let you guys know what's going on, but yeah, we will be celebrating summer vacation. We will be, we will not be doing distance learning all summer. Um, but up until then, you know, do what you get, do what you have to do and get all your work done. Uh, let's see if there's any, there's a couple other good ones that require some discussion. One more that we can get to from Manny A. 
Uh, Mr. Jaffe, you might be able to answer this one. Is there another animal besides monkeys or humans, like besides primates, that are bipeds, that have walk on two feet? That's other a great animals? question. I'm thinking yeah. of like like an ostrich. Does that would that count? Like well, like birds, chickens? right? Or mammals. I think he's talking about mammals in general. Oh, mammals only. Not, I mean, birds. Birds are biped. Would you consider that? Yeah, birds are biped. Right. But what about right, mammals? Right. Any other mammals besides primates? Why mammals walk in two feet? I'll have to look it up. I don't know. That's a good anyone question. Think, can anyone think I of any animals that have two feet? Mr. Dad, I don't know of any. Because even like the primates, they'll walk on two feet, but not 100% of the time. So they're not. Right. That's why birds aren't considered bipeds, right? Because they don't walk 100% of the time. They don't on walk, their feet. right? Yeah. Well, right, maybe an right, ostrich, right, right. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, yeah, don't, have great, uh, don't you need to have to, hands too to use, or like like another set of limbs? Yeah, um, limbs. I don't know. What about like Mr. Jaffe? You know, with bipedalism, you're able to, you know, rise above everything and see the world, and your brain grows bigger and bigger, and that's what you become idea oriented and. You became you become a a Homo sapien because you're able to walk on two feet. You're extending your world beyond the ground. Wow! You look, you look ahead. You know what? I never so th- I never thought of that. But it does it does make evolutionary yeah, sense that you're able to get up off the ground and you're not you're not necessarily yeah, worried about being prey as much. But wouldn't that make yeah. like giraffes the smartest then? I thought that too, Miss <laughs> Nara. What about giraffes and elephants? Because they, they, they can see Why above all of us. So <laughs> right, <laughs> maybe they right. are. Maybe they I are smart. The, I think their brains didn't grow as much. You're right. That's the best way They don't. They don't. It's the food they eat, right? Too that would helps to make your brain grow. You need protein. Right. Right. Well. Yeah. Well, the neck grew because of food. They they're able to take advantage of more food. You know, for, uh, they're with herbivores, the giraffe. right? What's that? They're herbivores? Yeah. Or are they uh, omnivores? No, they're uh, giraffes are herbivores. Yeah. Yeah, they're eating all the... That the, the, big, yeah. the biggest animals in the world, giraffes, are all veg- vegetarians. Just shows you what vegetarian pro- well, vegetable protein about, can do. Wasn't it true about a lot of the dinosaurs too? Like some of the some of the huge dinosaurs, like the Apatosaurus, they were... They, I believe the, you're, I, I believe they you're were, right. They were herbivores. And then, like the Tyrannosaurus was, it was a was a car, right. was a carnivore. <laughs> yeah. He had the incisors to rip the flesh. Speaking of ripping flesh, let's get to today's idiom, uh, which is a close <laughs> shave. <laughs> a close shave. So a close shave go. means means to narrowly escape disaster. If you have a close shave, like um, I had a close shave when I slammed on my brakes and just avoided hitting the car in front of me. That was my close shave. So that your your idiom would be tell about a time when you had a close shave with something. Miss Mara, what's what's a close shave you once had? Um, so when I was first starting well, actually not first starting, but recently at CrossFit, I had to do a, a back squat and it was like my highest one I tried and I didn't know how to fail it. Like I didn't know that failing was the whole thing that you had to learn how to do. So I had a close shave where I almost, the barbell almost like dropped on my back at like 150 Ooh. pounds. So yeah. Oh boy. It was a close shave, but I got out, I, I got out of it alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miss Lovett, you have, can you give a close shave? <laughs> I've had a, I had a close shave one time when I was walking in New York and I almost hit a pole. Can <laughs> 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 you move that which is one of those places because I'm too busy looking on the ground so I don't step on that. <laughs> Year, years ago, my friends and I were driving home from Hilton Head Island. So I'm talking like 19, 20 years ago. And we were in Philadelphia and we drove all night and it was like early morning. My friend Kevin was driving and I was riding shotgun and I looked over and he's like asleep at the wheel. And so I like reached over and grabbed the wheel oh and like woke him up and like pulled over and I didn't, oh. we narrowly we narrowly missed like hitting the car in front of us. So that was a close shave. That shape. happened once with my friend Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Happened too. Um, Jen and I were driving in around the Grand Canyon years ago, and I I usually I, I do most of the driving, but I needed a break, so I, I we switched. 
I was riding shotgun and I like fell asleep and like five minutes into the drive, Jen like fell asleep and she hit like the rumble strips on the side of the road. So I'm like, oh, all right, pull over. pull over, I'm driving, you're done. Uh, Mr. Jaffe, any close shaves? So a couple of days ago, I was getting out of the car just, just to, and I almost hit someone on a, I wasn't looking in the side view mirror and I almost hit a, a guy on a bike who had a swerve and probably wasn't very happy with me. And he kind of just <laughs> uh, biked off. But, uh, yeah, that was it. Was pretty close. Yeah, and that was a close shave for me. Although I don't even like. I, I, I wish they would ban bicyclists from roads, but don't get me started <laughs> on bicycles. Oh, you're turning into you're you're, you're that guy, old man yelling at well, clouds. Well, uh, right, I I, 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 I bike ride, but I do the, we only bike ride in paths. I refuse yeah. to go in the streets. I think. Well, uh, the problem is. My opinion, the problem is not with the bikers themselves. The problem is with the design of the roads. So we we can go over that. I I can I can share that my my theory with you later. By the way, close shave comes from the days of barbershops. Student barbers had to learn how to shave the faces of their customers. The customers always wanted a close shave, but without being cut. So they want to get as close as possible, but without actually having the damage to them. Um, so close shave. That's for periods A and B. You can use that. I'll post that assignment in a couple of minutes. Um, dad joke today. How come seagulls fly over the sea, Mr. Jaffe? Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Uh, I don't know, Mr. McGowan. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. (laughs) 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 All right. So you got your journal question of the day. You've got your idiom You'll have uh, Mr. Jaffe two o'clock Zoom meeting today. We'll do. I'll do a two o'clock. Anybody wants to hop on and just uh, go over some things. And... Miss Mara's group that at eleven thirty for science help, and um, anyone for civics and ELA tomorrow at one o'clock. I might be broadcasting. I'll probably be broadcasting tomorrow from uh, my parents' house, and uh, I might be in Rhode Island on Friday. So we'll see. I might. We, we, we might take the podcast across state borders and remote, see if, like, remote. I know. I want to see if. Be careful. I don't want the FBI don't coming. Tell anyone, Mr. McGow. <laughs> no, I don't, we're gonna we're gonna have the Rhode Island State Police show my day. They don't mess around in Rhode Island. Governor Gina no, Raimondo. Gina Raimondo is putting her foot down. And I like at the very very beginning of the of the coronavirus, she gave a, a very sternly worded speech to like the the students of Rhode Island that this is not a vacation. You're going, to be, you're going to be doing your work like everyone else. We're moving forward. All right. This has been Episode 27 of the Mama Levitt Show on Wednesday. Bye, everybody. On Friday. We'll see everyone on their Google Zoom, on their, on their Zoom meetings. Um, for Mr. Mag- uh, Mr. McGowan, for Ms. Mara, Ms. Levitt, Mr. Jaffe, and the rest of the 8th grade team. We'll say do something good today and don't get caught. We're going to finish up today with a little rocking song from the 60s. One, two, three, five.